listening to a special thanksgiving slash black friday edition of the gotham chronicle podcast powered by the batmanuniverse.net where this thanksgiving we are thankful for all their other great batman podcasts like the batman universe commentaries and the batman and robin eternal special podcast and of course batgirl the oracle but this is the gotham chronicle where we discuss gotham and i'm josh and joining me is um uh, with a mouthful of cheesecake my name is donovan <laughs> yes uh, we're recording this the, on Thanksgiving Eve, you know, and you should be hearing it on Black Friday. So Donovan is uh, prepping himself by eating some food now. And I'm driving home to see my family with a headset as we're talking just because we wanted to get this podcast out to you guys because we are thankful for our listeners. And this was the only time we could record. So uh, do we have anything to be thankful for this year in term, you know, in terms of Gotham doing good episodes? Let's find out because this episode's called The Son of Gotham. So Galavan is behind bars, but will he stay behind bars? Well, Gordon sure wants him to, so he's looking for more evidence. And Barnes says, don't you dare. We need you to be doing other cases of the week. This plot line's over. I don't think the plot line's over. Ha ha ha. Don't be silly. This plot line's over. So later that day, they go to the trial where, where you know, the judge says, I now pronounce this plot line not over. And Gordon- I'll get him here with you. I'll get him here with this last ever do. <laughs> yeah. Because Bing Bong, you know, like that imaginary character from Inside Out, who's now the mayor of Gotham, decides to recant his testimony, and he punches Galavan in the face. Uh, but <laughs> Galavan gets some guys to, you know, rough Gordon up and take him out, and he's like, ah, by the way, I'm really, you know, Duma, and, um, you know, we're going to, like, you know, do all these sacrifices. <laughs> I don't know if he said his name was Duma, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really Duma. Anyway, um, I'll see you later. I'm going to drive away and assume that you die. Uh, but like a good we'll talk, 60s Batman villain. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what happens after he drives away, you know, later. But in the meantime, you know, Bruce still wants to know who killed his parents, you know, and, and gosh darn it, his girlfriend Silver just won't tell him. So he does what all boys do in situations like that and, and like <laughs> arrange an elaborate like fake kidnapping plot where he threatens cut off his own fingers to get silver to talk with the help of his ex-girlfriend selena kyle <laughs> young love ain't it grand anyway she gives the name matches malone well she doesn't say matches malone she gives the name emma malone uh <laughs> sam malone's younger brother michael of course from cheers um but you know because uh bruce forgot to tell alfred about his elaborate plan he goes around looking for bruce and instead you know finds tigress and they get into a fight where alfred you know survives by you know but barely you know he holds his own garbage can say what he holds his own he holds his own yeah as he always does it's always good to see alfred kick butt meanwhile oh no aren't roommates the worst you know riddler's at work and penguin can't find you know whatever food he needed and he keeps on calling uh how annoying the, I should have seen that coming from you. <laughs> and Lee's like, oh, by the way, Ed, um, didn't you used to have a girlfriend? What, didn't we used to have, like, a records person? What happened to her? Oh, uh, she ran away with the other dead guy. I mean, um, the other. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but Penguin, you know, uh, leaves, you know, Nigma's apartment when he finds out that Galavan's out of jail and rescues Gordon from death at the last minute, but slaps him around saying, where? 
is Rachel Gallivan. That sucked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Son of Gotham, Donovan. This Thanksgiving, are we thankful for the Son of Gotham? Yes, yes, I am actually quite thankful. Um, if you remember last week, I was I was pissed to be missed with uh, the series by this point. But um, I quite like this episode. I really did. I thought it was solid all around. No real major complaints. I mean, I, I have some niggles here and there, but nothing that destroys the episode. Um, I'll, I will gush about the Bruce Wayne plotline when we get to it. I thought that the I thought the Gordon plot was honestly pretty uh, straightforward, and I liked how, how it went. Um, and I thought the ending was genuine was a genuinely gripping cliffhanger, and I'm very interested to see where it goes. I think the acting was pretty good, if a bit campy in terms of James Fran's uh, point, but um, it was still entertaining. And yeah, I very much enjoyed this episode. What about you, Josh? Okay, so um, I think I'm thankful for this episode. Not as thankful as I am for past episodes, like. You know, there's been some A minuses, you know, from me the past. I mean, we don't really from you, here, but like, yeah, there's been some A minuses from me the last, you know, like month or so. But this one, you know, was while I enjoyed it, it was not as much as the others. I'm I just got him back from a long birthday trip. I turned thirty, everyone, and um, you know, was binging some Jessica Jones hardcore. And like, when, when you're knee deep into another show, it's hard to like hit the brakes to go to an, a different show. It's like, oh, I should probably watch, you know, the new Gotham, and I. <laughs> because of my flight and um you know from my trip and like heading straight back to work and spending time with stella which is obviously distracting shut up <laughs> the listeners don't know about that Ooh, anyway how salacious um, oh my oh dear heavens what's a fat one anyway uh, that's right bringing that one back <laughs> she's here um, once we don't I was just her. like i was just like very tired so like i passed out monday night before i could see gotham and then like i i i quickly watched it before like i snuck into work on tuesday morning and um it, my biggest reaction to it comes from the bruce plot line so uh it, it, instead of our general thoughts you know let's just let's talk about that because i think that that's uh where you and I both had like our biggest reactions to Bruce Wayne plotline. I did not see that twist coming. Well done. Uh, there's a trope called Batman Gambits, and it comes from Batman doing stuff like this, and that's exactly what this was. <laughs> Appropriately so. The Batman Gambits, yes. Yeah, uh, Tuesday morning I woke up to uh, instant messages, uh, private messages from you reacting to the show, and you were saying things like, you were saying vague things as you always do about um, Bruce pulling a Batman Gambit. And somehow having being involved with the death of his parents, and um, I was like, "What?" So I went to the episode, and the preview had Silver Saint Count screaming and Bruce looking like he's kidnapped. I wasn't sure where it was going, but like, I, I, I gotta say, like you know, generally whenever they do the whole Bruce is in danger, Bruce is kidnapped thing, I'm kind of sighing a bit because I feel that like. Um, our time is being taken advantage of because something horrible will, ha- will happen to Bruce because, hey, he's going to be Batman. Um, <laughs> before you say, actually, no, like, no, they're not going to do anything to Bruce Wayne. Um, that being said... Well, Don, what you have to understand is, yeah, on The Walking Dead, you know, they kill off characters who are alive in the comics. Yeah, but from what I understand, Corel is uh, still a thing. Corel. Uh, <laughs> um, but, like, honestly, this show... This is completely okay. Davi Mazows walks away with this episode. He just took this took this script by the by the throat, crushed it, and then like gobbled it up. Uh, he was fantastic. Um, 
I don't know if I want to say that he's the best actor in the show because you don't want to say that of you know he, he's very very young and but the, the, comparing saying that like the child actor is the best actor, I mean that doesn't have to mean anything inherently badly, but it does speak less of the other actors in the show who are all adults. At the same time, he is consistently given that Donald Logue. He, he is <laughs> he is consistently given the best material. He is. He's not given this, this camp crap that he does. He's not called to like you know scream and screech or or kind of you know, fidget around like the Robin Lord Taylor. Like like he, he he's given stuff that like legitimately brings gives him good a good uh, highway to demonstrate his abilities. And in this, he straight up was acting like Batman in in a way which which was appropriate towards the situation and his character at the time. It wasn't like you know I vow never to take a life because I'm Batman. It was like he was using. His cunning and, quite frankly, his his I don't give a crap coldness, in a way to further his own goals in a way which is very in character for Batman, and I loved it. I'm now remembering what Davi Masao said this summer at a uh, Walker Stalker Con, um, but which was that uh, we were going to see more of Playboy Bruce Wayne this season, and um, you know what? Like that's what this was. The whole like you know. He doesn't really, you know, care for Silver the way that he says he does, but he's, like, you know, using, like, the Bruce Wayne mask to, you know, act, you know, in order to get what he needs out of her. It also reminds me of, like, the end of Batman R.I.P., where she's like, oh, I broke your heart. Mwahaha. He's like, oh, actually, I was faking that whole relationship. (laughs) I forgot about that. That was awesome. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) Morrison, um... Well, what I like about it is that, like, he's definitely doing the Bruce Wayne Playboy thing, but in the comics, typically the Playboy aspect is, like, just a... It's just a distraction so people won't have, find him suspicious. Here, he's actively doing it to, to, for, like, detective reasons. He, yeah. like, it's, it's like Batman kind of pulling that on there. And in some ways, it's very mean, but not mean-spirited. And, like, but, but he does it... Masao's does it really well. Like, he's not, he's not like, you know, pretending to be suave. He has, he's acting suave. But once it, it was... Re- well, first of all, when, when, um, when um, the knife kidnapped both him and Silver, and I, I honestly... I did not see what was going on. I did not, not guess what was happening. I honestly was, like... I, it was very unpredictable to me. And I did not know... I was honestly legitimately questioning, is he going to lose a finger or whatever? And I, I thought about that, too. I was like, this show can actually... I was thinking, like... It can reattach fingers in real life, so like maybe this is what's going to happen. Like just for the shock value, like if Fish can lose an eye, Bruce can lose fingers and get it. Well, I mean, it's Bruce. I mean, Fish is not a character from the comics, so they can do whatever they want with her, i.e., killer. But um, like, but but like, I was like, I mean, well, well, it's got this got them on the balls to do that. Well, I don't know, but I was legitimately like wondering. I did not know, and when when um Silver Saint Cloud was like, you know, I, first of all, uh, that actress. She did a good job. She, she did a very good job when, like, she was crying and screaming all that, that. And then she kind of just dropped the facade and started making demands. Yeah, when my uncle finds out what you've done... Everyone, every every hand you shook, every oh, every mouth you've kissed will be dead. Are. There you are. That was good. That was that was really, really good of her. But when Bruce and Selena come out, I'm like, ah. I was like, what? What? No way. No way. <laughs> and, and, and really, like, if you stop and examine the episode, like... The clues are there, like, you know, an observant person can see this coming, but dang. Yeah, it, the, the, the episode plays fair with it. Especially when they say, like, that, like, you know, they're working for whoever, like, killed Thomas and Martha Wayne. I was like, wait, like, that came out, like, those, those people haven't given, you know, a, a crud about Bruce all season, you know, like, why are they after him now? But. Well, 
think it's I don't think it's necessarily obvious, but it's not like a cheap swerve that makes no sense either. Like right. it, watching the episode, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you can you can pick up on subtleties, but it, it was a completely Bruce doesn't like look at the camera and wink as the band. <laughs> that would kind and of I, kill and it. I would almost need to rewatch that scene where like he gets the phone call and like goes to the van, like just to see like how he is like reacting. Like because like part of that he's doing like when no one's watching him. Well, also yeah, like uh, he, for all he knows, you know, he, he doesn't know for sure, but for all he knows at that point, Silver would be telling him the truth. But l- luckily for her, Selena was right and she wasn't. So th- this is this is this is doubly like cruel on his side. Now, granted, it paid off because Silver is a uh, you, you know you know what. So he was a big meanie. She was he was completely right to do so, but it was it, it, it showcases a dark element to the character, which is a it's not him you know enjoying that he's murdering people. It's actually absolutely the, it's where he needs to be at this point. He need, he does need to evolve closer to what he's going to become, and this was a great way to do it. This and, isn't season you know take a shot guys, but this isn't season ten of Smallville where like Clark Kent is not Superman yet for some reason. Like this is Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. Like he's not ready to be Batman yet, but this was a very very Batman thing. Like you can see this kid growing up to become Batman based on like this, and it's not too soon. It's it's not like you know he knows how to speak French and Guatemala or whatever. Like like he these these are personal, and this is all this is all done in a bow tie when Silver says Bruce, this isn't like you, and he says comple- <laughs> completely <laughs> genuinely. You don't know me at all. Yeah, he, he says with, with with utter earnest and sincerity. I know you think you know me, but you, like, I I forgot the exact words, but like he says, like you know. You think that, but you're wrong. And he's not being like, like you know, he, he he's being completely honest. But but because he's being honest, he is a badass. Like he's shown to be competent and confident and in complete control. And that is, you know, we you and I have I've like you know joked about you know the overpreparedness of Batman or whatever. But when there are elements of to him where he is in complete control of the situation, those are really good, especially when he's this young in this kind of situation. I thought it was great. Um, Another thing in that scene was, like, the revelation that, you know, the murder of the Waynes was M. Malone. Um, well, well, hold on real quick. Hold on. I, 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 was, I was making a point about the scene we remember oh, before. Okay, okay, okay. Like, uh, later on, like, like, at Wayne Manor, when um, Selena's like, there's just one thing I want to know. What did you tell Silver in, when you whispered into her ear? And, like, W. Mazzell was like, like puts, put, pulls out his pimp cane. And he's, he's like, you know, well, I said there was no one else that made me feel this way. And it was the truth. But it wasn't about her. You know, the best liars always tell oh, the truth. Carmen D. She, like... Cameron was like... She, she does a whole, like, you know, oh, senpai kind of anime blush schoolgirl oh, thing. Oh, yeah, she, like... <laughs> she blushed in a way that, like, I have never seen, like, that character be caught off guard before. Like, that. She was very good in this, too, by the way. Uh, yeah. I... <laughs> I, I say this before, like, uh, I totally shift these two versions of the character together. Like, oh, totally. Like, I, I, I love how, like, they team up to do the things that, like, he can't do with Alfred. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, but, like, I don't know, she, she, she's kind of training him in a way, in, in some yeah. instances. Um, Bruce was just great in this, and the writing was really, really good. The writing was very, very good. But Davi Mazzao is completely... Uh, makes this work. He is a very good actor. Not a very good actor for a child. Not a very good young actor. He is a very good actor, and he's been acting for for years. So he's you know he's had training since he was very young. But he's demonstrated that he has he has a command of this character and his emotions at the drop of a hat. So 
like I said before, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I hesitate to call him the best actor in the show, but he's been consistently given the best material, and as as such, he comes away uh, uh, from the show uh, looking the cleanest in terms of you know acting credibility. So uh, he was the man in this in this episode. He really was. He was the best part. Yeah. Um, what do we think about the Wayne's killer being M Malone? No, that um, that's definitely intriguing. You and I are talking about it, and it it, it infers. Uh, uh, a usage of the name later on because for those of you who either don't know because I don't know if they do this in the comics anymore but typically Batman's whenever Batman needs to you know, kind of go incognito in the mafia he assumes this kind of identity of this like you know toothpick chewing hood named Mattress Malone with shades and a fake mustache right. and that's and a cl- classic stage, Mattress Malone was a real person who like died and Batman like took their identity as like no that, that was that was, in the, that was in like the early thousands no, no, wasn't there was a Mattress Malone in the Bronze Age? I'm pretty sure. I've never read. Well, the, 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 well, the point is, is that this is a, this uh, one way or another. This is an identity used by Bruce Wayne later on. So if it if this is if this is a, the killer of his parents, that's a bit of a conflict of interest, obviously. Well, yeah, like it's um, it reminds me of Lost, where like Sawyer, you know, whose real name wasn't actually Sawyer. He took the name of like some guy named Sawyer, who like was. Sawyer didn't kill his parents, but, like, Sawyer, like, was involved in the death of, like, you know, fake Sawyer's parents. Like Seymour Skinner. (laughs) Say what? Like Seymour Skinner. Uh, Not exactly, but it would be, like... But basically, like, he he took the... Like, he became a con man, and he used the name of the guy who he blamed for his parents' death. And, like, it's weird to me to have Batman, like, using the name of, like, his parents' killer. But, I mean, again, this is a different continuity, and, like, Matches Malone, like, obviously, like, this version of god can you imagine if like seasons down the line like bruce starts like when he and selena go on their adventures he calls himself matches malone like oh my god like i'm actually fanboy screen well the it, idea. It, it, he if he does if he does a whole disguise and then he does it for the purpose of attracting the real matches malone like you know like <laughs> okay that would be cool if the whole idea was like that the real match Malone. Uh, presumably killed his parents, and he and he dons his identity to, to, to snuff him out. That would be a great idea. Um, now, if, if if it was real that like Matches Malone killed his parents, that would be a little weird. That would be weird. I don't know if I would have a problem with it, but it would be kind of bizarre. Say we're not even sure if that was his real name. Well, she said like, you know, oh, I was lying, and he was like, no, you're not. So, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see. Every season, Bruce Bruce like dates a girl who um. Uh, like says that she knows the identity of his parents killer. All of, all of his love interests are going to be evil, like like uh, Vicky well, Vale, Linda Page. The whole I was lying last season too. Well, it's a Gordon, but yeah, or no, it was, it was Bruce as well. Um, right. Like, <laughs> next season, Julie Madison's going to be like, I I know where Max's Malone is living. Uh, but 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 um, I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to see where it goes. I think it's an interesting. It was an interesting insertion into into this uh, storyline. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been open to the idea of someone who isn't Jojo killing, you know, the Waynes. But, like, when I heard the name Matches Malone, like, it it was interesting to me. But, like, I didn't feel, like, happy or satisfied. Like, oh, like, this this is the person. Like, it, it, there's still a part of me where it feels wrong. But I'm willing to see, like, what they do with it. It could have been a lot worse. They said, Rachel Ghoul kills your parents. I, I would like to stop watching. Uh, well, like, well, the first time I saw Batman Begins, like, I thought that Roz was implying that, like, he killed the Waynes in that scene with the fire when he's like, ah, oh, oh, yeah. he tried to stop it other way. You mean the Waynes? Precise. Like, that was my interpretation of the scene, and I was like, 
I was already like not happy with some of the changes in Batman Begins, and like <laughs> that one, like not push me over the edge, but maybe be like, ah, oh, now they're doing this. Oh. But later on, you you, you were elucidated, so it's all right. Yeah, l- later on, I, I have a better appreciation of the movie. Like, <laughs> I was so nitpicky. I was like, Bruce didn't go to the opera when his parents died. Ugh. Like, how dare they, you know, like, do the origin this way and this way. Batman Begins was on this weekend um, at my cousin's house when I was up in Virginia for my birthday. And it was weird when, like, you, you, you're you hearing, like, the same names from, like, the Gotham TV show, but it's different characters. Oh, come on. Don't let Gotham ruin Batman for you. <laughs> no, I didn't ruin it. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's just interesting because they're like, oh, yes, Carmine Falcone is in there. And when I hear Carmine Falcone, like, I don't think of Batman Begins or, like, Year One. I think of, you know, Falcone's a weak old man. Like, I think of, like, the Falcone that, like, choked, you know, this, like, 20-year-old girl. You know, because she, like, used opera music to, like, make him think of his mother. <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, uh, I, I, D- D- Detective Gordon. Why is it Gordon talking like he has a hand down his throat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> why is Batman and, like, Batman begins talking like, you know, Detective Gordon from... <laughs> <laughs> um, Do we have anything more to say about Bruce and Matches Malone and Selena and Silver? Um... The, well, the, I guess we'll talk about the preview, but, like, there's a sign like, Silver, I love you. Which, is he still BSing her? <laughs> or, is, or is that, like, a clip from another episode? Like, who knows? I'm pretty sure he didn't say it before, but, like, we'll see. Yeah, I was like, they, they seem to very definitively break up this episode, but oh well. I'm, just, I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes. Like, if she appears again, and in what capacity. And I'm hoping that, that, that this element of Bruce uh, changes his character a little bit, where he's, a, he's less reactionary. I mean, he's always been pretty operative, but here he's a he's a bit more cunning, and I like that. Let's talk about um, you know, j- just real quickly because this is like, uh, like a a, a one minute discussion. Uh, after last week, you know, when Michael Ridge said, "Hey, how come no one's looking for Kringle?" and we said, "Why isn't anyone looking for Kringle?" Like the Gotham writers like heard us and were like, "Oh crud!" <laughs> and like so, Lee comes in and says, "Has anyone seen Kringle?" I'm all of a sudden concerned about her. How did you uh, feel about the way that that was addressed? Um, I, thought, I mean, I thought it was fine. It was, it was like, oh, like what the scene was was Nigma talking to her Penguin about nothing, and he was annoyed, and he, she was like, oh, are you are you talking Miss Kringle? And then Riddler's like, you know, Miss Kringle is on a leave of absence permanently with that guy that I didn't kill last season. <laughs> there, there, Jim Carrey. I mean, Corey Michael Smith. Uh, it's all right. And, Get rid of her glasses. Yeah, uh, which are destroyed in Penguin's hand in this episode. Um, I, you, know, you know, I used to really like the Riddler scenes in season one because they're kind of quirky and interesting. Now that he's like gone to the dark side, and because I don't agree with like the, like the character choice, I kind I'm starting to find the character like like knee jerk knee jerkedly annoying, and I'm hoping that changes, but I'm not sure if it will. So I, I don't I don't have much to say about it to be honest. What about you? Um, I mean, yeah, again, this, this was just kind of, like, to remind everyone what was there and to address the fact that, like, two cops are legitimate – well, not two cops, but, like, two GCPD employees are legitimately missing that people would eventually be looking for. And I thought, like, it's not like anyone has a reason to suspect foul play with Miss Kringle. It's just, like, she's missing. And depending on what type of family and friends she has, like, if I, like, all of a sudden, like, stop showing up for work, some of my clients would – 
think I was dead, but some of them would think that I just, like, you know, uh, like, ditched them. You ran off of Stella. Right, yeah, exactly. Stop saying that. <laughs> like, if someone went missing at your work, you wouldn't automatically think that they were murdered. So, like, if Kringle has, like, a lot of close friends... Well, it's Gotham. They might suspect something's up, but, like... It's convenient for the plot that she has, that she has no family or friends, obviously. Right. <laughs> it's, well... <laughs> Well, nothing. You know, that's, 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 like she was always talking to like ten guys at once. You know, like she was the cheerleader. Like the the GCBD high school football team was always. You know, despite the fact that she's like the nerdiest character I've ever seen on a live action television show. Yeah. Well, you know what? She was dating the Riddler, so I don't think her life choices and relationships were you know the best. So it, it, it it's plausible that like her life choices were obviously the best because they ended her life. Right. Eventually, you know, they'll realize she's missing. I suppose, but okay, like. I, I buy his excuse, in other words. Like, th- this was plausible to me. Um, and I'm glad they included it in, because otherwise, uh, you know, it, it would have been the question over, like, why is GCBD wondering, like, not wondering where she is? Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I never really had a lot of faith in them to do to do very dynamically or or interestingly. Like, you know, we, we need Riddler to stay out of jail, so let's kind of ignore this until... As, as long as we can and it's, it's it's kind of summed up in the whole like you know Lee oh by the way where's Miss Kringle <clears throat> excuse me by the way where's Miss Kringle not like you know Miss Kringle must have a superior somewhere and you know they, uh, I, I, I would think that like having a murdered secretary that, that the Riddler killed would be something they want to kind of you know capitalize on and really you know milk as soon as they could but they've already like you know thrown that in the, in the back seat and not really like Pay attention to it when, when there is a potential for it to be a good plot line, because their interests are obviously elsewhere. So, I, I you know, it would be interesting if like if they went looking for her and like and they questioned Nigma, you know, as procedure because he's the boyfriend. Like we mentioned that before, but that's not where this show is going. And and honestly, that that, that that's fine. I don't need that plot. That would have been an interesting plot, but it's not. No, I, th- I think honestly, that's what they should do. Because what the hell else is he, he going to do besides, like, you know, tend his fingers and grin evilly and talk about, you know, and then d- manifest finds destiny? And out and he kills that person and then, like, you know. Well, no, but, like, like what if, like, he, he, he's so sloppy and knew it being a criminal that he is caught up by the end, by the end of the season? I, th- I think that's that's that's, that's huh. best better than that's, I think that's better than just him constantly getting away with it because he's the Riddler. I guess, and then it becomes the whole Smallville problem of, like, he's so close to being the Riddler now that, like, you know, how's he going to hold off until Batman comes? I mean, and, and then and then you have to ask yourself the question, like, would it be acceptable for him to legitimately, like, become the Riddler and, like, operate as the Riddler before Bruce Wayne is active as Batman? Well, I have a personal philosophy on the Batman villains is that, like, they don't... The, my personal headcanon is that like the supervillains all did show up after Batman established himself, but they don't need Batman to be who they are. Like the Batman doesn't need the Joker's existence to be be, be Batman. Two Face doesn't need Batman's existence to be Two Face, and so forth and so on. Take that, so, Judas Traveler. Uh, okay. Um, so I don't. I'm not, I don't know if. And necessarily, they, 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 they don't have to. Because like the penguin, you know, the penguin is obviously the, the he is the penguin right now. You know, besides the umbrellas, uh, trick umbrellas, he is he's known as the penguin, and that's not a big deal because he's a crime boss. But I see what you're saying. Like, will he don a purple mask and green suit? I'm not sure, but I think that there's still room to grow. And I don't know if he's anywhere close. I mean, you know, 
he's off. He's out, he's out of character. But like, I don't know if he's so close to the Riddler now that there's no more room to grow with him. As opposed to like Jerome from episode two of the season being the Joker. When is he going to share a scene with Harvey Dent where they're like sitting on chairs together and hugging each other? <laughs> hey, hey, Two Face, show me how to punch a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay money to see that. <laughs> I like Batman Forever. <laughs> It's my favorite of the, of the, of the uh, tetralogy show. Alfred was. versus Tigress. Pleasant surprise. That, that was a fun... It's always good to see Alfred in action. Um, if anything does happen to Alfred from this, it's kind of Bruce's fault for not telling Alfred, hey, you know, I'm going to be somewhere. Don't come looking for me. Well, we never saw Alfred, like... Like, 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 like we never saw him get back home. He kind of escaped via dump he, he truck. Was in the, the last time we saw him, he's in the back of a garbage can. <laughs> With a battering in his shoulder. Well, and, and I questioned, like, um, maybe, like, he, like, uh, one of those shots that she that she did, like, opened his wound. Because Alfred was, like, stabbed in the in the chest, like, last season. Like, he's not... Well, yeah, and, but he wasn't, like, like, she sliced his side. It I wasn't mean, the same wound, though. Maybe there's stitches that are open. Like, I'm not a doctor, but, like, you know, for all I know, like, maybe she opened one of his wounds. Like, I'm not saying that Alfred's going to die, but, like... Um, <laughs> Back in the hospital for you. Although, you know, if nothing comes of, like, you know, him being on the back of the dumpster and he's just fine the next episode, it's going to be like Fish, where, like, at the end of that episode, like, Fish got shot. And then, like, we, the next time we see her, she has, like, a Rufio haircut and, like, her being shot wasn't mentioned. You know, wh- where the F is Lucius Fox? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about this now because... <laughs> he's still working on that computer. <laughs> but we've been down to the Batcave. Was he on his, on his bathroom break at that time? Like... Seriously, because I, I think that, like, if... if He was at home changing Batwing's diaper. <laughs> Alfred put so much thought and energy into, like, trusting Lucius Fox. I was looking forward to, like, you know, an Alfred and Lucius Fox's duo helping, you know, helping Bruce out and, you know, watching over him. We've not seen seen one of that guy since Knock Knock. And I think it's, it's honestly, a mis- it's not just, like, you know, where his character, but it's honestly a missed opportunity. It's like, I think if if he if Alfred runs to Lucius, oh, Lucius, I, I, I got in a fight with a hot chick, you know, I, I need help. They'll be engaging rather than his, like, you know, I don't know who to trust Polaro that they're probably going to do next episode. There's only so much time in, in these episodes, like, I, I mean... But they set up the character earlier in the season, though. That's not an excuse. They did. They set him up. And, and, and that makes me wonder if, like, the first half of the season is the whole Galavan thing. Because I, I am thinking that, like, the Galavan plotline has to end next week. It's, like, it's reaching its conclusion. With Bruce's, so, like, like, a baptism. <laughs> yeah. So, like, maybe the second half of the season will be, like, you know, the Wayne murder stuff with Lucius Fox and, like, the Wayne board company. And, like, and they were being smart by setting it up at the beginning of this season, seeding it so that, you know, all the pieces are in place when they finally decide to, you know, take them out to play for Civil War. Hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, because I, I remember last season was just kind of random nonsense. That kind of coalesced. It's like, well, let's do a Scarecrow three-parter. Let's do a Electrocutioner three-parter. Let's do a Barbara and Peter Petrelli three-parter. There's our season. <laughs> I love that you know the name Peter Petrelli. Because <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia is a name that doesn't really come up to me as, as fast as that one. Because it's a, it's a alliterative name. But, but yeah, like, 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 like the last season, it felt like they were doing kind of like, like mini arcs to kind of, you know, take, take it towards the end of the series. I like kind of run out of episodes. This one... They at least have an idea of where they like to head with this Galavan thing, and the Galavan thing. I don't. Uh, how do you think? I think the plot's been pretty decent so far. I don't, I don't have any complaints about the Galavan plot by and large. I'm not like you know demanding for it to be over, but it does seem to be running. It does seem to be reaching a logical conclusion by the next episode. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and that's why I'm, I'm, I was wondering what they would do with the second half of the season, but it's just now hitting me that, yeah, they can totally do the whole, you know, Wayne murders thing. Uh, which I think would be a nice focus back, because it, 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 Bruce's plot line has, has gone from, like, you know, I need to find out what happened to my parents and deal with my pain, then to, like, you know, what's going on with my father's company? There's so much corruption, which I think is kind of lame. But I, I see what I see. I, I see it as a as a viable plot point. So, and once again, Jessica Lucas looks quite foxy in this. I'm sorry. I I, I, I know that like it's there's an ele- there's there's the uh, traditional element of sexism in, in like my my crowing over her physical features. But I really find that woman beautiful. I don't like her character though. <laughs> and I don't know if she's all that well acted. She's supposed to be this like, you know, warrior, you know, fighter person. So because the Galavan plot is supposedly ending next episode, they might as well, you know, have her out for one last battle with Alfred, you know. She dies. Although actually, yeah, um maybe Alfred maybe like it'll be her versus Alfred some more next week or uh and like while Bruce is, you know, getting baptized or whatever. Um I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of, okay, so the Galvan slash Penguin Gordon plotline, you know, because P- Penguin shows up for, like, the, you know... No A cup of coffee. ...tail end of that, yeah, like... Uh, I, I had to, like, say the Don. I saw the episode yesterday in the morning. I completely forgot, like, half of the stuff that... Um, I remember, like, Gordon, like, saying, I want to investigate Galavan, and, like, uh, Barnes saying no. And I remember, like, the trial where uh, uh, he, uh, like... Gordon punches him in the face and I remember and I remember the end him getting captured and like all of that stuff but like I could not remember any of the stuff in between I had to ask Don like Don about it like uh what did they do they went to a massage parlor right like what happened and I, maybe it was just like the order of St. Germain making themselves bloodily like like, like they, they weren't being secretive whatsoever so of course Gordon and Bullock got on their tail and I, I did like the scene where Gordon was pretending to be uh you know a member of St. Germain and got some information, and... Oh, yeah, and, and then, like, the cop comes in, like, Hey, Gordon, we sure are cops! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, you fool. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. <laughs> if he's Robin, that makes you... <laughs> uh, I, I don't hate the trial-like thing, what Gordon did, but, like... Well, I do. I, I kind of roll my eyes when Gordon, you know, like, I feel like sometimes Gordon is written for, like, you know, 12 and 13-year-old boys who want to be like, this guy is so tough and badass, and he doesn't take nothing from no one. He's yeah. the guy in a trial. He's so extreme and real. Like, well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. that I mean, I, I, liked, I liked all the Dumas stuff, but honestly, that, that, let's talk about that. First of all, in The Dark Knight, when, like, uh, the person on the stand completely contradicted uh, uh, the testimony that he gave prior to the trial happening it, it behaved uh, wow it behaved in a way where like you know he obviously was lying there was obviously something different and and, and the George was willing to let, let the prosecution go with what it, what it was trying to do and this one Mary, Mary James says well I lied and the judge says well I'm ruling this all out right now it, when it's obviously like you know a setup like that was unless the judge is a member of St. Jamal that was very very like hyper convenient and then there's a whole, like, 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 Gordon, I bought it more having seen the scene, you know, in context that Gordon would kind of flip out, but 
Yeah, like 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 I definitely buy it under the circumstances, but it also like I don't hate it, but it makes me roll my eyes. No, like I, I agree oh, with you. I, I agree with you that like like you know like like, it, like when he would go up to low like oh I'm gonna shove my badge up your like well that's the thing I agree with you like like, like Jim Gordon this show portrayed by Ben McKenzie. Now I'm not, I'm not I don't think it's that big of a deal because he is a younger James Gordon. He's different. He's a certain kind of cop, but Jim Gordon is not. I mean, Jim Gordon's a badass, but he's not supposed to be like this like. Devil may care. I will get results no matter what. He's not dirty. Jim Gordon's not dirty, Harry. That's the thing. He's not dirty. He's a strong, independent, you know, cop who don't need no man. I'm pretty sure you said that last episode for some reason. <laughs> but like, but he's not like he's not the kind of guy who just does whatever and can gets away with it. In fact, like Jim Gordon's very much like a servant of the government. He's very much kind of like 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 the bitch of the people who were in charge of him. He can't really do anything that that he can that he's not supposed to do. So. Whenever this show kind of relies on him being super cop, it one strange credi- credibility, and two, it puts Gordon in a characterization that starts to become alien. Like you know, um, like I, I was I was listening to uh, the Fire and Water podcast with Shag talking about Supergirl, and he and the other people were, talk- were talking about like how Jimmy Olsen is like basically Jimmy Olsen in name only. How he like you know he's like beyond physicality like you know his role is a lot more dignified than Jimmy typically is in other mediums, and that's what's kind of like the same thing where like like Gordon's being made to be a more recognizable archetype rather than James Gordon the cop in Gotham, and in the context of of this kind of pre prequel show, I get it, but there are times where it really breaks character, like like him screaming like that. I'm sure he would be able to do that in one circumstance, but this is like. Okay, this is basically just you know your average angry cop protagonist. It's not really the future Commissioner Gordon, and your mileage may vary on that. I mean, th- I feel that that's that's happened actually not a lot. At all. Well, he's not. He's not even uh, Gary Oldman, and I feel that like your mileage may vary. I mean, I mean, you're you're talking about it right now. This has been happening all throughout the series. Is he, he 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 always does this kind of stuff, and I never really like it, but I kind of just roll with it. So I'm surprised that you're you're, you're working on it now, but maybe it's just kind of catching up to you. Uh, I've I've noticed it since like the middle of the first season, especially because like I was watching like the the first season. Um, you know, when I had a different work assignments, I would watch the first season with um a sixth grader who I had to take home from school, and seeing it through his eyes, like I could definitely see like you know the appeal, like you know this roguish cop who you know breaks the rules and like and they tell him not to throw people out windows but he throws them out windows and instead of saying yes sir to his boss he says i'm gonna shove the badge up your ass like, it's really cheesy yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but it's it's not ben mckenzie's fault it's the fault of the script right um i mean and I, he teamed up with Bullock again, but not Lee. But for the life of me, I can't remember anything memorable that Bullock did this episode. So, I mean, you, can, can we do you, an episode where, like, Gordon? I, I love Gordon, but let's have Gordon and Lee like go on vacation the Reno, and then just do like a whole Bullock episode where it's like him doing the mystery by himself, and like everything that Gordon has to do that week, Bullock does. Bullock goes to Bruce Wayne, you know, to like sure see what he's up to. Bullock, you know, deals with you know Barnes. Bullock. Bullock, with Penguin. Bullock is a homeless cop. Yeah, but yeah, Bullock has a scene with Penguin. <laughs> He's a homeless cop. We know Bullock's not homeless. Uh, have we seen Bullock's homes? I feel we have. I, I I remember when we saw his home in um the uh the the 80s pre-crisis. It, like Jason Todd went over there, and like they both discovered that they loved like old timey movies. <laughs> I remember reading that in Bullock's biography in the 90s. <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I, I agree with you, but like, kind of getting back to like what we were saying about Jim Gordon, like, uh, Jim Gordon, Galavan. I've noticed. I've, I, I've noticed since the first episode that he's been written that way, and like, it's I kind of just bite my tongue and get over it. It doesn't bother me that much, but it isn't really the Gordon that I'm familiar with. Um, but what did you think about like you know like oh actually it was the penguin the entire time, like that was that was a little annoying. It felt it felt like that was only there to, to kind of kind of get Gordon and Galavan's clutches. Which is which is kind of contrived. It, it didn't seem like out of bounds that like that that, that somebody would have gotten to Bing Bong and told him like if if you don't say this, we're going to capture you again, put you in that box again, and torture you again. So you need to like lie if you know what's good for you. And Bing Bong has been shown to be spineless like throughout the show. So well, they could have remarked on how convenient and easy it was to find the guy in the first place. Like he was just in the he was in the middle of this area alive. Like Barbara Keen but said there was, he was. But, there, but there's no evidence. Barbara Keen didn't connect it to Galavan. And like everything that he said made sense. Like because everyone knows that the penguin's a mobster and that the penguin has a hard on against Galavan. And like. Who's going to think that, like, if you heard that the mayor of your city, like, kidnapped and tortured a guy for months, the former mayor, but then, like, it turned out, oh, actually, it was this well-known criminal. What would you believe, that it was the well-known criminal or, like, this mayor guy? Well, I think it's just about that. I mean, I, you're, I'm, I'm following your logic. That makes a lot of sense. But to me, it's like somebody you, – do you have any idea how many people, like, kind of just show up at a trial and say what they're – Say the opposite of what they're supposed to say? As like, yeah. oh, well, never mind. Then, like, that, that, is, that is very cartoony. Yeah, it is, but um, you know, this isn't real life. This is Gotham. It's literally like like, like that scene from The Simpsons where like like Mo was like handed the, the bag with the money sign on it. Oh, good, my laundry. It's literally that. <laughs> like right, where Chief Wiggum himself hands him the, the the dirty money. It's like you might as well have done that. Yeah, but it's uh, again, given who Galavan is, and given like you know like what people know about Galavan and Penguin and given how spineless Bing Bong has been shown to be in the past, like th- this totally worked for me. I mean, I, I didn't like it as a viewer because as a viewer, you're like, Oh no, they almost got him. Now, you know, he's going to get out of jail. So like, like I didn't like it in that way, but I was spoiled in the previews, but yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't hate it from a writing standpoint. Ah, uh, who pays attention to the previews? It's not like we have a segment where we watch the preview and talk about it each week. Um, uh, I think it's just, just could have been written better, to be honest. That's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, and then Penguin finding out and then, like, you know, going out to find... I, I actually... Uh, I thought that was an alright scene. And, it, and I, I was wondering, like, how they knew where Jim Gordon was conveniently, but then he has that line, it's a good thing I've had, um, you know, Dime Store Butch, you know, tailing Galavan's men for a while. I gotta say, I really like Robin Lord Taylor. Um... But this season, whenever he's called upon to be like really desperately angry, it's kind of a it's kind of a silly performance. Like at first he's like, "Oh, Jim, we meet again." Like you know the kind of you know kind of typical penguin thing, which is cool. But then he's he like you know gets up there, "Where is Galavan?" Like like I do a lot of the disrespectful body reactions to that, like rolling my eyes and laughing. <laughs> I, I wish he wouldn't, I wish he would stop doing that or I wish the direction would call for him to do something else because I get that Penguin's, you know, kind of a whiny mama's boy but I really wish you, like, for the love of God, please show some dignity when in, in those types of scenes because he's a good actor but like they're, they're giving him this, this stage direction where he's always doing this kind of like, you know, whimpering kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most of what I have to say about that final scene, you know, kind of plays into the preview for next week where, you know, where it's, um, you know, Legends of Tomorrow, Gotham Edition. <laughs> oh please! <laughs> I think that's about 
all our plots. Well, we 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 got to talk about like the very end where like uh, uh, Gordon. Like, like, let go of me, you bastards! Oh, we're not arresting you. We're kidnapping you. Surprise! And um, uh, he's he's in like I swear to God, I saw- that they can get away with that in a courthouse, but it's Gotham, so you know. You well, know. it's Gotham the show, not Gotham the city. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's he's put in this in this like I swear to God, this came right out of the sixties Batman show. I feel like like this came up an exact episode, and James Friend is chewing this scenery up like like he's picking scenery out of his teeth. He's really into like the whole like like evil villain thing in a very fun way. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a bad guy, but what are you gonna do about it?" Oh, what the hell? I got a few minutes. Come at me. Give me your best shot, Gordon. James Gallivan was just you know a pen name. My real name is James <sighs> Gordon. No, that's my name. Oh yeah, uh, Dumas. <sighs> you know I, uh, the Order of Saint Dumas, sort of Alexandre Dumas. Nightfall. Nightfall. Oh, come on. The classic Batman story. What the hell's a Batman? You'll find out. <laughs> but the nerds. <laughs> the nerd. Wait till they see who's in next week's episode. I, I don't know if you caught that yet. I think I told you before, though. This is Nora, I, I didn't see how any, any clues that would be Nora Freeze next episode. The, the, the solicitations, like, list them in the cast list. Nora and Victor Freeze. Okay. I did not, I did not get that. Um, uh, it's a, it was a little convenient for Gordon to be safe, but that was like, you know, basic television convenience that I didn't think was a big deal. Um, uh, what about, uh, yeah, him showing about Wayne Manor, where he knows that Bruce Wayne knows that he's evil, and like. Oh, God, that, 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 that was creepy. Well, you've been calling him Max Shrek obnoxiously throughout the whole season. He straight up did a Christopher Walken impression. He's like, to kill you, of course. <laughs> like, he did that, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was he has the knife. Didn't he have a knife out, or am I remembering that wrong? I don't. I don't remember. That was Son of Gotham. Next week's episode is called "Worse Than a Crime." When Bruce Wayne is kidnapped, Gordon must look look to some unlikely and dangerous allies for help. It is a battle of the villains, and not everyone makes out alive. In the all-new Gotham: Rise of the Villains, Worse Than the Crime Fall Finale episode, airing Monday, November thirtieth, on Fox. Yes, I'm sure the the the, uh, Galavan plot will continue to the end of the season. Yeah, it's not leaning. And some people won't make it out alive. Gordon, we're looking at you. What if, um, according to, like, the guest cast list, Mr. Freeze and, like, Mrs. Freeze will be there. We'll watch, like, She Dies and, like... Nathan Darrow as Mr. Freeze and Natalie Allen Lind as Silver St. Cloud. Where's Nora Freeze? Uh, I could have sworn I saw her in the guest cast list, but... Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that little preview where it's like you know the the uh, the Gordon army and the Penguin army like you know marching together like we must join forces you know to fight Lord Zed. Yeah, he's, he's a Um I guess we've not talked about it like like if Freeze is showing up. I know we talked a little bit about like the villains being the villains before Batman. Does that does those feelings that you have translate to Freeze as well? As long as I mean he's not going to be Mister Freeze. Like he's not going to have like a, a, ray, a ray gun. <laughs> I, Jesus Christ! Uh, so. No. It's, and we've already had, like, you know, all of the United Underworld minus the real... You know what the problem is, though? Like, these villains can't be around so Gordon can defeat them, because the whole point of the villains is that Gordon can't beat them, which is why he needs Batman. So Riddler, you know, Penguin's one thing because he's a mafia guy, he's never been in jail before, but, like, we can't, yeah, I agree, we we can't have Mr. What what do you mean he's never been in jail before? The Penguin? Yeah. When was the last time he was in jail? Uh, In which continuity? Uh, The the Gotham show. The... Okay, um, 
he was in jail last season, I remember. Well, I like that one where, like, Faroni's like, you're the monkey and I'm the zookeeper. And he's like, and that's why you're in jail. And then, like, Bullock's like, ha-ha, you're in jail. Aren't you in jail? Oh, yeah. Well, I should say prison, I should say. Um, <laughs> but my point remains uh, is that, like, uh, I would not want to say... I, I remember they told us uh, to our faces that Mr. Freeze going to be in this season. I, I kind of winced because I don't want to see... You know, a Michael Ansara animated series looking guy walking around, and Gore's like, I must stop Mr. Freeze. It's like, no, that's Batman's job. Sit your ass down. I, I honestly so. think of that um, Gotham parody that was on YouTube last year where, like, <laughs> like Gotham, like, begins the origin, the beginning, where, like, they have, like, Mr. Freeze being like, you should put it on some ice. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, when, when you're reminded of a parody, that's not a good thing. Yeah, but the, the show any prequel is on is well, whatever. It, let, let, let's see what they do with him. Okay. As long as he like doesn't have a a cold gun and make a bunch of like stupid like you know cold related. But God, watch that actually be what happens. We already talked about it in the promo. Like Bruce is like Silver, I love you. So, well, also like, like Bruce is like being burned at the stake <laughs> in choir boy clothes. Yeah, uh, it's this like really, like, big ceremony or something. I gotta say, the, the, the Galavan thing with the whole, like, you know, manipulating the government or whatever, that was one thing. The Order of Safety Mom thing, I'm not really crazy about because this is vague, ill-defined misinterpretation of something from the comics that's just kind of suited for its own vague ends. So, I'm, I'm eager to see that go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, what do you think when they say, you know, some will not make it out alive? Like, I, I, obviously, Galavan's probably gonna die, but, like, do you think anyone else, you know, like, any... No one that we care about. <laughs> like, Penguin's not going anywhere. Maybe. Neither is Riddler Maybe another red shirt. Maybe Barnes. Maybe Butch. Uh, oh, we haven't seen him in a while. He kind of, like, stopped serving a purpose after, you know, uh, he did his thing. Like, he was making a rival gang, but then he got away. Well, so he, he, he was surprisingly... Non-energetic about anything emotionally after all the crap that happened in the first part. So I would have thought that he would have wanted revenge on someone, but no, he's just kind of mildly annoyed and went away. Okay, he'll, he'll be whatever. the big villain of season four. He'll come back for revenge. Sure, if, he, if he's got you know the interesting element to do so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the promo? Uh, well, most of it was like, kind of like, like clips from the characters. There wasn't actually really scenes besides Bruce and Bruce at the bring of the stake and Penguin and Gordon like walking side by side as though that's supposed to impress us. <laughs> so that's, that's basically it. I mean, I, I, that kind of thing I really I have no no words for. <laughs> okay. Well, and that'll be the fall finale. And then after that, uh, Gotham is, you know, going to go into hibernation until sometime in January or February, depending on, you know, what you believe. I remember last year it was January. I'm getting a February date this year when I look it up. Like, those dates might not be accurate. Well, they've been filming straight ever since at least July. So it might be February. Well, they got to give the cast a break, too. So, like, you know, Carmen D. Canova can, like, you know, film, like, some Disney Channel original movie or something. I don't know. Or go back to her dancing group. Do you know she was on, like, So You Think You Can Dance? Oh, okay. I, I could see that. She's got, like, the look and the dress of a dancer. And she knows how to dance. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I look forward to the episode of like Gotham, where like Bruce and uh, Selena have to infiltrate a dance troupe, and like, <laughs> and and then like, I, I look, I look forward to that one too. 
You know, like, you two are spies. Prove that you're really dancers, and Selena must dance for her life, otherwise she'll be shot. So then we'll do the tango and, like, have a rose in their face. So. <laughs> Batman must be the master at everything, including dancing. Which I, I, I think it, that was actually a joke in short fact. He's, like, playing DDR. Well, it wasn't also in Morrison's and Batman Inc. where he, like, knew, like, the tango de la muerte. Oh, God. <laughs> with with L, uh, L, what's his name? Because, like, he does it with her, too. <laughs> yes. So until then, happy Thanksgiving. This is Josh. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Armin. <laughs> and you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. <laughs> so happy are we that I chose. I actually re-listened to that uh, when I was at the mall. So I was actually about to say the exact same thing before you said it before me. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he said, all right, you chipmunks. <laughs> but you say, especially after last week when, like, <laughs> I legitimately, like, told them that I was, like, going up to Virginia with an engagement ring. I could have, like, never, I could have, like, never told them I was back and they all would have thought that we eloped. <laughs> like, like, like that issue of Spider-Man where he's like, Betty's missing. Ned's missing. Ah, of course. They obviously eloped together. Either that or the Riddler killed them. Let me, like, throw this... Wait, what issue of Spider-Man is that? <laughs> um, when, um, in the Dicko run, when, like, he sees the new secretary, and it's like, Betty's gone. Like, he thought that Betty and Ned eloped together until, like... Oh, yes, yes. Is that, is that the one that, that ends with those, like, Dicko silhouettes of Betty's hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, to Peter and Betty, love always. Ha, ah, love always. <laughs> what was I smoking when I read that? <laughs> and then he like throws it away. <laughs> what issue did she give this to me? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then like Betty comes up Peter Parker, why are you talking to that new secretary? What? But, 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 but Betty, she works here and she said you were gone. Oh, Peter, always with an excuse. <laughs> That's right. Amazing Spider-Man classics. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix-only season. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm honestly questioning the people who are listening, if they, besides Steve Rogers, if they know what that show is. 